Hello, this is Walnut Grove Baptist Church's podcast. We are in Carthage, Texas, and that is in Panola County. Our pastor is Reverend David P. Mitchell, and our Sunday school teacher, our Bible study teacher, is Deacon Glenn Wade. But thank you so much for joining us, and you'll be joining this uh, current episode that's in progress. Eternal Master, we, first of all, come this evening thanking you for life, health, and strength. We thank you for the opportunity to come and study your word, to apply your word, to live your word. We thank you for these our people that has gathered here on tonight to study your word. We ask that you give us understanding, direct our path, lead us from one degree to another. Bless the teacher, bless the student, bless the, all of us to be receptive unto your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. We're in Deacon Wade's hand. Oh, this lesson tonight, an amazing messenger. At a time when when this country especially is involved in a pandemic and, and and we got Black Lives Matter, and we got so many different things going on. It's kind of with the same, might say, with the same way in Israel at that particular time, in that you had uh, Herod misbehaving, and he was the leader of the uh, Israeli nation, and then you they was uh, under control of the Romans and. And you had uh, so much uh, uneasiness going on. And you might say that same thing is that way today in America. And it was amazing that you had a messenger to come along that could proclaim uh, a, a new hope. And, and that's what Jesus is doing in this. And, and he is now about 30 years of age. And is in the hometown uh, at church in the synagogue at Nazareth, and it's the time for him to proclaim his 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 uh, his ministry. He's, he wants to announce it and launch it off, and this is his. You might say this is his opening sermon or opening speech that he's going to proclaim and let people know that he's he's now open for business, mm-hmm. and the power of the Holy Spirit is upon him and leads him. Uh, now, Jesus did not take this upon himself to begin fulfilling his call, and he waited on the exact timing of God to begin it. In fact, it was set way before uh, time because in the Old Testament tales of uh, um, the book Isaiah talks about when when when, when he's going to begin his, his ministry, his birth and everything. So Jesus accepts and reads... Uh, to begin the work which God has set before him to do. And his work he has to do is is, is divinely ordained in that he knew the, the calling God had upon his life. And, uh, he prepared himself for the work which God had uh, in his calling. He waited uh, on the moving of God, which was explicit. Uh, uh, in accordance with the timing that he was to do it. He acknowledges the will of God in his mission, and nothing he done was not without the will of God. 
He gave biblical support for for the beginning of his uh, divine mission. And he did all that he did in accordance with divine calling of God under the leadership and guidance of the Holy Spirit. So everything that Jesus did was was lining up with what God had had, had already put in, in place for him. And we know that he's determined to do what he's going to do for the foundation of the word earth before so all these things are set up in scripture and all he's doing is once god put scripture there all he's doing is fulfilling the scripture because once he god commands that it's going to be it's going to be and there's nothing that can be changed about it because the words have been set in motion and so he starts out by saying, and Jesus returned in the power and the spirit unto Galilee, and there went out a fame of him throughout all the region round about. And I'm reading from from uh, the, book, the book of Luke, the fourth chapter. The book of Luke, the fourth chapter, 14 through 19, uh, is the first uh, a lesson. So to set it in bright ground for this verse, uh, Jesus has, when he says that Jesus returned, what he's returning from is that Jesus has spent 40 days and 40 nights in the desert of Judea, being tempted by the devil. And after these 40 days and 40 nights, uh, he has a, overcome the devil. In other words, he rejected all the things that the devil has tried to tempt him with. And he's become victorious over sin and Satan. And now he's returning uh, uh, to to Galilee. And, it, and the scripture says, a uh, second part of that, he's returning in the spirit. And, and what that means is, and returning in the spirit, that Jesus is spiritually led. Uh, uh, and also mean that Jesus did not do anything without the will of God. Uh, also states that Jesus surrendered himself to the will of God for his mission, his life, and his ministry. And that Jesus is dependent on the empowerment of God for fulfilling of his divine assignment and purpose. So, and uh, the spirit and the power of the spirit is a very important part of that scripture. And then it says that, uh, that also that uh, that and there went out a fame of him all about all the region round about. And what that's talking about is that Jesus was very popular in the early days of his ministry, before uh, the Pharisees and, and the Sadducees found fault in everything he did. He was very popular. The miracles he performed and the doctrine he taught was was. Uh, highly pleased among the people. Uh, they were, he was a topic of conversation. He was on everybody's mind. Uh, this 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 new uh, leader, this 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 new uh, doctrine that he's teaching was was well accepted at that time. And he's in Galilee, and Galilee is a very familiar place. In that Jesus, many times when he went up to Jerusalem and other places where he wasn't well accepted. He would return to Galilee and, and, and get that good feeling again because they were always very receptive of him. And verse 15 said, and he taught in, in, in their synagogue, being glorified of all. 
and when we said he taught in, first of all, he taught in Dara synagogues, and it's not one synagogue. He taught in, in uh, and that's got an S on it. He taught in all the synagogues. Uh, so when the people tells us that this very important part of that verse is uh, that we can see is that when the people of God gather, the teaching and preaching of the word of God should be very much a part of what we do. Uh, I know sometimes we get caught up in the other parts of church, but the the the, the, the teaching and, and very important that you have good uh, Bible teaching and, and good Sunday school and, and and good preaching that that just uh, be the focal point. And we see all the other things that are associated with church, and sometimes we spend a lot of time on that, but we can never forget about the teaching part of it. And so he he taught. Uh, uh, in in the synagogue, and and uh, excuse me, and no one had a problem with his teaching. In other words, it, it was, and they had didn't contradict it and said was anything contradictory to the Bible at that particular time. Uh, that it was good and an understanding, and then it talks about being glorified of all. And at that time, uh. uh Jesus did not run into critics. Therefore, all the people were blessed with his doctrine and miracles, and, and he, he was highly appreciated, and and, and very had a very well-run ministry started. And then verse 16 said, and he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as is the custom was, and he went into the synagogue on the seventh day and stood up and read. Now, Jesus in this in this verse sets a very uh, protocol for how we are to behave uh, as, as Christians. Uh, one of the things that he teaches is that uh, first of all that we are to attend church on a regular basis, because he said uh, he came to Nazareth and he went into the synagogue. Let us know every opportunity that we get, we ought to attend. We need to make attending church a regular part of our daily living. And wherever we are, not necessarily we have to be a, your regular little church, but wherever you are, make it a, a part of your life to attend the, the church in, uh, in that area. Uh, we need to attend church on, on the day that he set aside for it, not to say that we can't go on other days, but the scripture says on the Sabbath day. So we need to attend uh, on the day that God has set aside for this. And the, and the last part is that the word of God must be given priority in the things that we do and observing the way he, we are to observe. In other words, and stood up for the read. And so Jesus stood up and read. Uh, the word of God. The next part is verse 17 said the importance of the use of the Bible and that and there delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah and when he opened the book he found the place where it was written. Uh, in other words uh, it tells us that nobody is to go into nobody's church and 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 take over. In other words, he wasn't, Jesus wasn't, well, even wasn't going to take over there. They presented him with the book. And Jesus was uh, took it and, and expounded on it. It also teaches us that 
uh, he will have to read from the book of the Bible. I know it's very in 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 this day of technology that it is very common for us to use all these phones and stuff, and, and as we go through our uh, biblical studies, but. The, the basic book has not changed, and that is the Bible. And the reason that I, I make that a part of what we do is that the Bible doesn't have anything in it but the Word of God. If we use our Savior phone, we're tempted to go to other things while studying the Word of God. But if we stick with the Bible, it, it, it only has the Word of God in it, and, and it makes us more focused on what he wants us to do. Uh so we find the place in which he was uh, uh, to read, and, and that place was Isaiah 61. So he stood up and he reads the Bible, and verse 18 said, And the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach the deliverance to the captives, and recover the sight of the blind, and to set liberty them that are bruised. And so Jesus is reading a very important uh, verse when he reads Isaiah 61. The first part is that uh, the spirit of the Lord is upon him. And what what that is saying is that Jesus is not speaking of his own initiative. He's speaking of, uh, for, the, for the Father, uh, the Spirit, uh, the trilogy. He's speaking... Uh, for the spirit that is upon him, that Jesus is submissive to the will of the Father, that, that, that he's following God's guidance when he does this, that Jesus is led by the Holy Spirit, and that Jesus is speaking by the permission of authority of God, because the Spirit of God is upon him. So all these are uh, as a part of that very first, first part that says the Spirit of the Lord is upon him. And then he talks about the fact that he has anointed him. And the anointing of God's method is God's method of manifesting some truths about the person that he has anointed. It says that the person that he has anointed was divinely chosen for a specific assignment. God chose Jesus for that. That the person was set aside for the work of God. That he's chosen him to do this work that the person was to be obedient to the divine calling that God has set for him to do. God has a specific mission for Jesus to do and a timetable for him to do it. That the person was governed by the will of God and no other, including wow. himself. In other words, when Jesus is at the uh, Garden of Gethsemane, he says, not your will, not my will, but your will be done. So he's under, not himself, but under the will of God that the person was mandated to obey only the will of God and that this person was no longer his own, but that of God. And that the person would do, would be lived in absolute and strict compliance with the will, the word and the way and the timing of God. So all these things is a part of his anointing that, that, that he would, he would be, would conduct himself in, in the way that he is conducting himself. And the third part of that verse says to preach the gospel to the poor. And it teaches us that uh, the gospel is man's greatest need. Of all the things we think we need, we need the gospel more than anything. 
that man cannot save himself is another part of what that uh, gospel to preach the gospel to the fore that from uh, man can't save himself from a life of sin, but it takes the preaching of the word to save you. That God has made provision for the lost to be saved. And then when you talk about the poor, you're not talking about somebody that don't like me that don't have no money. He's talking about someone that's spiritually poor. In other words, they have little spiritual understanding or spiritual power. Therefore, they, they may feel helpless and hopeless and in a, a dead state that they can only be revived by the word of God, the gospel. Uh, which is outside of them. So it, it needed here Jesus to open up a new light to us that the gospel carrier must seek the lost and present God's plan of salvation to them. So when he's preaching the, the gospel to the poor, all these things are included in, in what he's preaching to them. And then he is to <laughs> uh, has a, to comfort a bru- uh, hurting heart and a bruised spirit. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. The healing of the brokenhearted is speaking of Jesus consoling those that are deeply afflicted, whether it be by the hand of man, by the circumstances of society, or the disaster of nature, uh, or by the impact of our sins upon us. Whatever the condition we're in, Jesus is the one that can, can heal the bruises that uh, that, that is upon us. So it is. He, when he says he's going to heal the bruises of the brokenhearted, that's what Jesus is going to do. <clears throat> he has been sent for one particular reason. Uh, men, the man broken uh, relationship with God. And to do that, he must uh, prepare a way for us to be brought back to God. And the only way to do that is deliver us from our sins. So it says to preach deliverance to the captives. And when you think about somebody being in captivity, you usually think about them being a prisoner or, 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 or someone in, in jail or in some kind of uh, desolate place. And the gospel does not literally open the doors of a prison, but it releases the mind uh, uh, captives by sin and gives it comfort. To, them, to someone in a prisoner state. In other words, when we're, if you, we are a prisoner of sin, but Jesus is opening the door and delivering us out of sin. So he's uh, he has the power to take uh, deliver us out of our sinful t- ways. Uh, so he's uh, the, the deliverer. Uh, many different uh, names for him, but one of them is that he's the deliverer. And recover the sight of the blind. And if you think about being a prisoner and 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 that you are um, in a prison and, and you're cooped up and you 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 can't see the light, Jesus is the light of the world. And so he you can, he recover your sight that the blind might be able to see. Uh, sin being a type of darkness or, or ignorance or insensibility or, to the sinful state. When you hear the gospel, your eyes are open, and now you're able to see the delivering power of the gospel. And 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 they that are that are able to see it and begin to believe in it, they, uh, see the mer- uh, marvelous light of righteousness and spirituality and truth and the goodness of God. 
So Jesus is doing all these things, and, and when he's at birth, that he's including in it. And the last part that Jesus is uh, talking about is that he is to be uh, set at liberty, that those that are bruised. When you think about someone that bruised, you think about those that are pressed down by great uh, calamity. Jesus rescues them. Uh, a uh, one that is is hurting for something, Jesus gives consolation to them that that whatever their problem might be. So he's able to solve all a man's problem. He's able to do it. And then verse nineteen said, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And what it's talking about in the acceptable year of the Lord, if you go back to the Old Testament, there's a reference to the year of jubilee, and then the year of jubilee was a uh, uh, a year that came around every seven years, and and, uh, uh, and and what it did was many times people were unable to pay bills or what for whatever reason got into debt, and they had to give up their land, and sometimes they had to sell themselves into slavery. But after a seven-year period, they were would be the year of jubilee, and the year of jubilee, uh, especially the seventh year of jubilee, in other words, be year of the forty-ninth year. Everything had to be returned back the way it was. So in other words, if you were caught in captivity, Jesus is the one. Spiritually speaking, the acceptable year of the Lord is a reference to the time God has given man to accept the salvation of his son, Jesus Christ. So in other words, it is it is a, a time for uh, us to find the, the salvation that we just so desperately need. So he's acceptable year of, of jubilee. Verse 20 talks about <clears throat> he he closed the book. In other words, he taught these, and, and, I, and I'm making a short uh, uh, study of it, but he, he taught these, and he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister and sat down, and all eyes were upon him. And, and all them that were in the synagogue were fighting on him. So what he did, he closed the book. In other words, he he set the uh, the Bible down, and he gave it again to the minister. Jesus returned it back to the servant that brought it to him, and he sits down. And, and, and when he sits down, it, it, that's part of a Jewish custom that you would sit down, and and in a manner, and the Jewish uh, leader would teach and preach from the synagogue. So Jesus has got in that position, and it says, uh, "All eyes of all them work." in the synagogue were fasting on him. That means that the people, all of them, gave attention and focused on Jesus. If you can imagine a great speaker, this who else could be a better speaker than Jesus about the word of God? So they were greatly anticipating what, as what Jesus would say. And, and the message uh, referred to him as the Messiah. So what he's teaching them is that the Messiah has arrived. So then Jesus declares and announces the beginning of his ministry. And verse 21 says, he began to say unto them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Uh, so in other words, he's saying that uh, this verse declares from the mouth of Jesus that he is the promised Messiah. And one another thing that you can say about this day is the scriptures fulfilled is that Jesus is announcing the beginning of his public ministry. <clears throat> that the promise of God is faithful and true, that he would send the Messiah who 
will dwell among us. In other words, all that Old Testament scripture, and most of what's talked about in Old Testament is referring to Jesus Christ. Uh, So many uh, inspection of him in Old Testament is is giving you a glimpse of what he's going to be. He's concealed in the Old Testament, but he's revealed in the New Testament. So all that Old Testament scripture is now being revealed that the day is at hand, that man will be given a chance to hear directly from the Savior uh, his words of invitation to become a citizen of the kingdom of God. So the day has arrived that uh, Christ the Savior is starting his ministry. And then you get get to uh, verse 22a, talks about the response of the people and all the people. Uh, so all bear him witness and wonder that the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. So now you're able to see that not only did he speak the great word, but his great words were received. And, and any time a person uh, preaches or teaches a great sermon, it ought to make your, it ought to, the, the preaching or teaching ought to make you wonder. It ought to make your mind uh, uh, uh Want want to hear more? It ought to want to make you want to challenge you to to uh, to a point where you uh, want to uh, uh, know more about what you're talking about. And then he talks about the gracious word, and that the teaching all to be embraced with the grace of God and the favor of God. So you ought to have that that uh, the words ought to be to the point that it it has the favor of God upon it. it and so now the Jews no doubt saw the tender kindness and affectionate word in the preaching of Jesus, the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. So all those are uh, part of Jesus' teaching. Um, and, and just uh, take away from this lesson is that the principle manifest in the work of Jesus should be the same for us. The principle of being, we ought to be spiritually led it. We ought to be submitted to the will of God in all that we do, making teaching and preaching the uh, uh, primary minister for us to do when we gather at church. Standing on biblical truth, executing and carrying out the divine assignment. We ought to have a divine assignment that we are trying to carry out. We ought to be thinking more highly of others than ourselves. These truths God gave us in cooperation of our lives and to be governed by them as the children of God. So we ought to make this a part of our lives, that we ought to be living in accordance with what Jesus has taught us to do. So he's opened up a new chapter in our lives that's completely different from what had been they had been accustomed to. Comments from anybody? So this is uh, Anthony. I appreciate your uh, teaching this evening. Um, you know, speaking of you know divine assignment, you know, I go back to verse eighteen. You know, I guess for me, what I get out of that is, you know, you know, obviously we're not Jesus, and you know, not everybody's called to preach per se, but um, I think we're all called to do, you know, what our divine assignment is, and you know, if we do that, you know, I, I do think the Holy Spirit goes with us. And, you know, I guess and this is sort of a question also, I guess, individually or, you know, or as a church, you know, what what do we need to do in the new year um, in terms of bringing good news to the poor? You know, how do we, 
pro, you know, proclaim release to captives, you know, whether that's, you know, things that they're, you know, dealing with, uh, you know, promoting, you know, recovery of sight or, or healing, uh, seeing things in a new way uh, and dealing, helping those who have been oppressed. So, you know, I, I just think, you know, as we're starting a new year, I guess as a church, how do, how do we think about how we can do those things and, and also individually, how do we do those things? So I just, I would put that out there. We're not all anointed to teach or to preach, um, but we're all anointed as disciples of Christ. So we don't, we could have, take every opportunity that we have to bring somebody to Christ. Uh, we don't have to be as elaborate as Christ is, but if we always present to the people uh, every opportunity that we get to expand on, to open up the doors, to let them know that, that, that who Christ is, uh, uh, give them a better understanding of Christ, to, uh, and as a church, to invite more people uh, uh, to church and, and explain to the ones that do not know. Uh, so many times we, we miss opportunities to tell somebody about uh, Christ. Uh, because we 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 more concerned about so many other things that go on in the in the world. It's hard to get somebody to. Uh, if you sit out at work, you can talk to them about football. You can talk to them about Trump. You can talk about all the different things that are going on in the world. But it's so hard to get somebody to have a conversation about Christ. Uh, it's kind of a in, in in some workplaces it's kind of a taboo to even uh, get into religion. But but Jesus is saying here that that He's opening the door for for you for you and 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 we are His dis, dis disciples here. Uh, he's He's in heaven, but He He puts it in our hand to be the one to carry this on. Uh, the, the, them twelve disciples that He left uh, when He went back to heaven, they, they passing it on, and we're passing it on, and we're all passing it on to somebody else. So we all got a call in in that respect to tell everybody we know about Christ. Uh, that's, uh, excuse me. That is so true. We, uh, back to what you and Brother Anthony is saying, we all are disciples, and we are Christ's life, so we all, uh, we may not, all may not be preachers or missionaries or whatever, but we all have a mission. We all have a calling on our life. We all can tell somebody about it. Uh, Jesus. Uh, and I was looking at this uh, lesson tonight, amazing uh, messenger, and we look at the first outline, it said empowered by the Holy Spirit. And when you look up the word empowered, it means with authority. So uh, we as children of God, and when we go out and try to bring someone to Christ or, or tell somebody about Christ, uh, we ought to have authority. We ought to have uh volume, it ought to speak for us. We ought to not be wavering or doubting. Uh, I heard well, you ought to be able to go to the, the Word of God to show them uh, because, uh, and then it says, the second outline says the mission of a messenger. That means the work. That means all of us have a mission. All of us, a mission means work. We all talk about the Jehovah Witness, how they go from door to door and we hide from them, but uh, how many of us go and try to bring somebody to Christ. We got it backwards. 
we always try to bring somebody that's already in church and that go to church and lead the one yeah. that's on the side of the road. We don't worry about asking them to come to church. And uh, when I was looking at, at uh, with it in verse 18, it said, set at liberty. Yeah, he was talking about set them free. He had set all of us free. So we uh, we had been free uh, with no more uh, bondage. Uh, we sometimes get tied up, but yet we are free in Christ. Uh, then the third outline said marvel uh, of the message. In other words, that was, uh, at the end of this is the reward. If when you look at it, it's a pattern here. If you realize you go out with authority and you go out and work, uh, at the end you have a reward, and the reward will come from Christ Himself. One of the things that we ought to all remember though is that we got one of the first things that I said when I introduced this lesson was that he prepared himself for the work of his calling. And when they talk about Jesus speaking, they always speak about Jesus spoke with authority. And you can't speak with authority if you don't, if you're not positive about what you're speaking about. If I come to you and say, uh, I think, I hear it. Uh, 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 Jesus might he might be this way he might be that uh, if, if I'm speaking like that I have, I have no understanding of him myself mm-hmm. and how can I convince somebody else if I have no understanding myself of who he is so it's important if we are to uh, uh, prepare ourselves to do the work we need to ourselves be prepared for the for uh, the calling that he set up on us. Uh, be able to tell people what he says about certain things. Uh, Another thing also for a teacher, when you look at this lesson too, how he stood and read the word. And uh, we as children of God, we sometimes people say, why do they stand for the reading of the word? We ain't got to stand. But that's your reference. Judges come in, you're gonna say all stand. If the uh, president come in, you're gonna say all stand, all rise, whatever. But the, the word is more powerful than the judge and the president. Yes. Well, one of the things that that we study in seminary school, and 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 I do, I, I, I intentionally skipped it because I know how different people have different view on it. But in seminary, we learned that it says in the scripture that Jesus stood up and read the read the scriptures. And and many theologians says that the person that's reading the scripture is the one that stands. Now, in 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 reference to giving honor to God, it doesn't hurt all of us to stand. Mm-hmm. But the scripture did not say that everybody stood. It says that Jesus stood up. And so so some people take that as, and like I say, you, 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 you figure it out however you want to, but many theologians say the person reading the scripture should be the one standing, and the rest can stand out of uh, recognition to, the, to, to who God is and to what the word is. But 
Jesus did not say everybody rise and stand for the reading of the word. Jesus said, Jesus stood up and read the word himself. So there's a debate among theologians on whether they have, whether we should have to stand or not. Personally, I stand for giving respect unto the word. But uh, not everybody see that scripture that way. So there's a debate about that scripture. But it, it, it does, when you read it and, and read it in its content, it said Jesus stood up. Jesus is the one reading. He stood up and read the word of God. But uh, and, like you said, it is that debate here. So so what I, I, I'm getting a spiritual rip, uh, uh, outlook on this. If you're a part, and we just got through saying we are his disciples. So if you're a part of him, and you got Jesus in you, and Jesus do it, you ought to be a you Christ like. You ought to want to do what Jesus be, uh, be like him, right? We want to be like Jesus, right? Well, the the, the reason in there saying that is that uh, the scripture does not say. Now I don't know that it, that it, that they didn't do it, but the scripture does not say. That the whole no, congregation stood up. I'm not. I'm saying us. We we're Christ like. Yeah, as yeah, disciples. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. That's reason I say uh, I, I intentionally didn't bring that up mm-hmm. because I know there's a uh, debate, and I didn't want to spend a whole uh, debate on on that. So uh, so I kind of went around that. It's, I got it wrote in my notes here about that, but. Uh, I I leave that up to the to the to the, how your understanding of the scripture is, but, yeah, but, uh, but I, I, what I'm saying is we are a representative of him. Yeah, we are representing him all the way. Mm-hmm. Hey, right, and we are representative of him, mm-hmm. and we try to we try to do like Matthew five and six things to let your light shine. Mm-hmm. Huh. <laughs> Oh, I understand what you're saying. I'm not. I'm not a debating one way or the other. That I'm just saying what, because I've been in classes in in, in school where that's getting into a big debate, and 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 nobody has a, a complete answer. Uh, uh, each person can can fight their own point. For as that goes, mm-hmm. I, like I said, out of respect, I always stand. Mm-hmm. But there are some members that argue the other way. So there should never be a debate on doing like what Christ did, though. Whether you agree with it or not, there should never be a date to try to emulate what Jesus did, because we are made in His image. And sometimes we get so caught up in something that's insignificant that we lose the message and we lose people because we're spent, we're spending time on this, but we're still not doing the other thing. And the other thing is winning souls to Christ. And that's the ultimate purpose. Yeah, uh, and, whether, and that's, that's what I'm saying. That's not something to get in such a debate over for me. Yeah, but I understand we, what Pastor is saying as well. If we are Christ-like, then, I mean, then it really shouldn't be an issue because we are to emulate Jesus. We are. Amen. My point, uh, but my point on this this lesson today, and it's actually is showing us um, with the appearance of Jesus. You know, it's, it's basically um, not saying the people haven't already heard about the Messiah, but they actually 
had a chance to hear him and his teaching. And I believe this is just showing us how his interest to that. He's showing us as Christians, and he's speaking to the people. Think about it. If we compare, we look in the time at this time, it was times where I, I, I guarantee you, everybody didn't have the words. Does that make sense? Yeah. I bet a lot of people did not even have any scriptures to go by. So, mm-hmm. and it's telling us, I believe this is showing us as Christians that we are choosers, as we say, anointed. You know, if you accept Christ and his word, and you want to, as you say, uh, try to share the word of God, if you don't, if you don't know it yourself, as the teacher said, you can't share it to someone else because you will be challenged. I'm telling you, the enemy will channel, challenge you in all kind of angles. So, um, I believe this whole lesson is just showing us the appearance of the of the messenger and how the messenger talks and how the people listen and just as we are Christians, we listen and we're learning, but that's how we get our training. And we're to go out by our training that we've been taught to share the word. Now, I understand um, also, too, uh, reading the word of God is done to me at this time. My eyesight hasn't been that good. I have to listen to things now. I thank God that I can even hear the word of God. I listen to on my computer, on my phone, because my eyes have gotten weary where I, I can't see the word. I depend on the word being given to me. And that's what I kind of keep in my mind. So I believe the word of God, however we get it. The Lord just wants us to have his word in our lives. And I believe by that we can all be missionaries, disciples. Our job is to share the word of God. Amen. 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 Right. And what else? You still got it, Deacon Wade? You got anything else? No, no, sir. Okay. Anyone else have the desire? Thank God for that's what it's for. It's for us to, because I read another day, iron sharpen iron. So uh, we we help each other by uh, because all of us have different thoughts and get together and we get out it's God's way we all have different opinions but when we come down to the end it means the same amen we're all we are all students yes sir we're all students thank God for all that participated here on tonight thank God for the teachers thank God for the students and Hope we all gain a thought from this lesson tonight and 
go out and to apply to our daily life. And amen. May God bless you. God keep you today. Any special requests on tonight? Amen. Oh, amen. God bless you. God keep you. Uh, Deacon Wade, if you don't have anything else, we're getting ready to dismiss if you don't have anything else. Yes, I said, Go ahead. Okay. Father God, in the name of Jesus, again, we come in uh, on the scene again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your word, Father God. Thank you for your students that have empowered, uh, you have empowered us with thought. On tonight, we ask that you will lead and guide us and we can go deeper into your word and apply it to our daily lives. Now, Master, we ask that you would just give us our daily bread as uh, we you see fit, bless us and keep us. And Father God, if it's thy will, if it's the will that you will let us lay down on tonight, if it's thy will that you will wake us all up on, in the morning uh, having good health and strength, Father God, we ask the blessed sick children and all the bereaved families. Father, touch those that don't know thee in the pardon of their sin. Time is winding yeah. up. We ask that you are leading God us from one degree to another. Set us yeah. all on heavenly fire. Renew within us the right spirit that we can be able to do your will. Now may the grace of God, speak to me of the Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide with us. Hence now and forevermore, shall we all say. Amen. 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 And Pastor, before we, everybody leaves, uh, if there was anybody that, that, that we didn't get a chance to say hello to, please let us know now. I'd, I'd love to, for everybody just, you know, say hello to you if we didn't get to say hello to the beginning. Uh, Pastor right. Reggie Roberts. Tyra. Roberts. Tyra Roberts. Hey, Tyra. Hey, Reggie. Hey, Tyra. Hey, do I know that name? <laughs> do I know that name? Uh, you, I'm sure you do. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> hey, Reverend Roberts? Yeah. Uh, share with which one are, are you? Which who you from? From the Water Grove Queen. <laughs> yeah. And, and I would like to say, I'd like to say hello. I'm Jackie Dansby, Anthony's mom, and thank you for allowing me to worship with you. I just feel so uplifted, and I always leave with a message that helps me to deal with whatever I'm going through at that time. So I just want to say thank you and just keep on keeping on serving God and helping all of us to be better disciples of Christ. Amen. 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 I, I want to say I challenge you all to be with us at the 10 o'clock hour on Sunday morning on a new year. If the Lord allow us to cross over, uh, we're ready to praise God anyhow. Amen. 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 Uh, this is Anthony's father in San Antonio. and wishing all of y'all a happy, happy new year. Amen. Happy new year. This, this thing reaching out and it's reaching out, it's growing, and we just thank give God the glory for it. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God keep you. Be safe. We love you. We love you. Amen. Okay. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Love you guys. Good night. Love you all. Love you all. Love you too.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Walnut Grove Baptist Church Podcast. If you feel led to do so, you can leave a gift at bit.ly slash walnutgrovegiving. Thank you so much, and we'll see you in the next episode.